This is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. As happens when any particular spirit booms, the US saw a barrage of sourced whiskies come onto the market when the interest in bourbon began to peak. But one brand, Old Elk, decided to turn sourcing on its head. They went, as a lot of sourced bourbon brands had done before them, to the massive Lawrenceburg, Indiana distillery, MGP. But rather than just accept a little bit of tweaking on the liquid, they engaged master distiller Greg Metz to create a whole new mash bill. This collaboration would not only see a unique spirit produced, but also ended up with Metz taking the reins as the brand's master distiller. We talked to the man who created the liquid about smooth bourbon, malted barley, and the legacy that comes from infinity. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us, Greg. My goodness, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me along. Now, it's unusual for a bourbon to be sourced by the guy who made it as well. Uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, actually what makes the whole Old Elk, Old Elk experience so unique. Uh, they they actually looked me up back in 2012 when I was still master distiller down there in Lawrenceburg and uh, actually asked me to uh craft and produce custom ash bills for them. And uh, actually, I was about 34 years into my career at that point, and that was my first opportunity uh, to actually build custom ash bills. Uh, oh, yeah. really? That surprises so, yeah. me. So, uh, so yeah, they uh, uh, asked me to do that. And as I got to know the company over the next four years, as I was uh, developing those mash bills and then producing them for them, you know, it became apparent to me that uh, the Old Elk brand was really on the ground floor of something special. You know, when they invited me uh, to join them full time uh, in 2017, uh, for me, it was a no brainer. As, as again, as, over that four year period, uh, when I was doing that work for them on a contract basis, uh, you know, I got to know the people and, and got to know the company and, and really the company is, is built around uh, young, smart, passionate people. Literally I'm the old goat in the crowd and uh, you know, just uh, people that uh, were on the ground floor of getting ready to build a brand from the ground up. And when they gave, uh, gave me the opportunity to, to join them to do that, it was like, wow, heck yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Now, in 34 years of distilling, though, you must have seen the liquid of a lot of brands. I am surprised, though, that they, none had asked you to create mash bills before now. Well, we, uh, you know, for the first 24 years of my uh, career, I was under the Seagram umbrella. So uh, during that period, uh, we were only producing everything we produced out of Lawrenceburg under that, under that 24-year period was uh, all specific. Uh, products for Seagram brands. We weren't doing any contract distilling uh, whatsoever. 
uh, right. in 2002, that actually uh, all changed. Seagram's got out of the business entirely, uh, sold all their brands to Pernod Car and Diageo. And uh, really at that point when the distillery started becoming uh, a contract distiller. Mm. Uh, by 2008, uh, we had become 100% contract distillers. Uh, Pernod operated the facility for about seven years. Uh, after they acquired, uh, you know, part of the Seagram brands. But in 2008, they sold the distillery uh, to a rich gentleman from Trinidad uh, when we became LDI, Lawrenceburg Distillers, Indiana. And at that point, uh, we were 100% contract distillers. And uh, MGP wound up uh, taking ownership of the facility about 2012 and uh, continue to operate primarily as a uh, 100% contract distiller. Mm. Some of that was uh, really a, an evolution over the 40 or over the 38 years that I spent there from right. you know yeah. producing all for one specific brand uh, to producing for uh, many, many, many brands. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I believe that when Old Oak approached you, they gave you two words to work from. Yeah, they did. Uh, uh, when they came to the plant, our owners, Kurt and Nancy Richardson, were interested in getting into the bourbon business. Uh, Kurt and Nancy, I don't know if you know, were the founders of Otterbox Phone Covers. Kurt and Nancy both are very entrepreneurial people and uh, like to build businesses from the ground up. And back in 2012, they, they decided they were the bourbon business. And uh, the first thing they did was look me up and uh, came to the plant and asked me to, to uh, craft custom mash bills for them and then produce for them. And as we said earlier, that was, that was a first for me. I, I, my fingerprints are on many, many brands on the shelves, uh, but they were all staple secret mash bills that we had produced over my whole career at that, at that distillery. And it just so happened that they were all, you know, world-class quality whiskey. But mm. Old Elk was the first. Uh, they asked me to uh, craft their Old Elk bourbon. It was the first uh, mash bill that they asked me to produce. And it was a really long meeting. They said, uh, Greg, we want the product to be smooth and easy. And, and that was it. That, that was the end of the meeting. So, again, so I, uh, you know, really from that point on, I leveraged my experience. Uh, you know, to get smooth and easy, uh, I knew I had to get the malted barley content way up in the mash bill. Uh, in the back of my mind, uh, I also knew that all of the mash bills that I'd produced in my career up to that point always had some degree of rye in it for a nice spice characteristic. And uh, again, through through experience, I knew that it takes a minimum of 15% rye in the mash bill to get that characteristic to follow through into the distillate. So, right. Really, at that point, it became uh, reverse math. Uh, I took the corn content down to the minimum uh, for a bourbon, which is 51%, Mm. factored in the 15% rye to get that nice spice characteristic that I wanted. Uh, And that left me room for 34% malted barley. So, uh, you know, if I could have squeezed more malted barley in in that mash bill, I probably would have. But as it is, it it turned out to be a... uh, an incredibly good mash bill. The, the white distillate uh, came off the stills, uh, extremely clean, no no quality defects whatsoever. And uh, you know, although at that time I couldn't predict what the 
descriptors were going to be when it came out of the barrel, I knew that world-class quality going into the barrel is going to come out uh, an even better world-class quality uh, product when it comes out of the barrel. So, so yeah, that, uh, that's how we started. Uh, I produced probably eight or 9,000 barrels of that product for Old Elk. And uh, when we finished that part of the project, uh, they actually came back to the plant and we had further discussions on on what I thought would be the next growing categories uh, six or seven years down the road, which is really pretty much where we're at today. And, uh, you know, at that at that time, six, seven years ago, uh, rye whiskey was gaining traction like crazy, really in no, no small part, the, the 95% rye mash bill that we made famous down there in Lawrenceburg. But, uh, you know, then, uh, back then, wheat and wheat bourbons were uh, largely untapped. There's obviously some nice players in in those arenas back then, but uh, not very many. So, you know, I told them I thought we should craft a a wheat bourbon mash bill and a wheat whiskey mash bill. Mm. Uh, But I told them I thought we should go extreme, uh, which we did. You know, one of the things about Old Elk's DNA it is really just two simple things. Uh, you know, they want, first and foremost, they want world-class quality products. So anything with Old Elk's name on it, at least the products I made, I can assure you are world-class quality products. There, there are no quality defects in there. And the second part is that the Old Elk uh, always wants to be different than everybody else on the shelf. And, and one of the ways we do that is, is through these custom ash bills. So when we decided to go uh, large into the wheat bourbon and the wheat whiskey categories, uh, I crafted a, a wheat bourbon that's 51% corn, uh, 45% wheat, and 4% malt. That's about as much wheat as I could get in there and right. still call it a bourbon and still have enough malt to convert it. Yeah. And then we took the same approach, really, to the, to the wheat whiskey. Uh, that mash bill is 95% wheat and 5% malt. So it's uh, entirely different than any other wheat bourbon or any other wheat whiskey on the shelf. Mm. And so I can't guarantee you'll necessarily like those mash bills, but I can absolutely tell you that the quality's there and we're different than everybody else. It must have been quite exciting to be in a situation where you could create those. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's it was literally like a kid in a candy store. Uh, mm. And you know, my experience uh, was absolutely a, a, a key ingredient to all that. Uh, you know, I got the best training in the world under the Seagram umbrella on how to make world-class quality products. But uh, having the opportunity to craft something brand new that really nobody else has ever done. And then, uh, you know, have the opportunity to to see what it looks like when it's coming out of the barrel. And then for, furthermore, being part of or becoming part of the brand yeah. uh, and helping them launch their brands from the ground up has just been uh, an incredible journey. So if, even though you've distilled countless number of bourbons, Old Elk would pretty much be your legacy then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that I, I want it to be the crowning achievement to my, my whole career. I'm uh, 40, 45 years in at this point, and uh, I would like to think I've got a f- few years left to 
uh, get the brand uh, to the point that we want it to be at, and then uh, mm. I can turn the helm over to the younger generation. So yeah, that's that's the plan. And I do. I absolutely want it to be the crowning achievement of my entire career. Now the brand talks about elevating the bourbon landscape. In this day and age, how difficult is that to do? Well, I think, you know, given the history of this business, I think it can be very difficult. But with having said that, I, I think I think it's been easy for old elk, and I think it's been easy because of the uh because of the, the two concepts that that old elk's uh built on that I mentioned earlier. Uh you know, bringing the best quality product to the table that you can possibly bring and then being different than everybody else. So, you know, that's, that's, that really defines, uh, old elk brands. And because we're so different and because the quality is there, I think it has made, uh, or has given us the ability to, you know, really change the landscape, uh, somewhat. And, and even to go a step farther because, because our, mash bills are so different than everybody else on the shelf uh, through our blending programs that we initiated uh, last year, a little bit before last year. Uh, I've actually been able to create mash bills within mash bills, if you will, oh, wow. by, okay. bl- by blending them. So we, yeah, we've, we've got, have had the uh, further latitude of being able to do that. And it all started with being so different than everybody else. Mm. Now, talk to us about the brand's slow-cut proofing process. Okay. So that, uh, really, that is a, uh, what I'll say is is an added polishing step that really uh, adds to the balance and the integrity of our products. And uh, we did not invent that uh, program. We actually uh, learned about it from a gal named Nancy Fraley, who is a big, big name in the business. But uh, what it is, is that uh, when you add water or when you reduce uh, your product from barrel proof to bottling proof, you're, you're actually going from a higher energy level state to a lower energy level state chemically. Mm-hmm. So when you add that water to reduce proof, you actually liberate uh, heat back into your product as part of that, as part of that chemical reaction, if you will. Uh, so, so the, the higher energy is being released back into your product as it comes to a lower energy. And what that does is, uh, you know, most folks in the industry, maybe if not all, uh, actually will do that reduction in maybe one or two steps. So, uh, the amount of water that it takes to go from barrel proof to whatever the bottling proof is, the amount of water will be the same regardless of what method you use. But by doing it in multiple steps rather than one or two big ones, you limit the amount of heat that gets put into your product in every given step. So, so you're not, and what, if you do it all in once, like, you know, most folks do, uh, all that heat's going at once, uh, the temperature rise uh, in your product is going to be, higher than if you do it in multiple, multiple steps like we do. And, and what that does is uh, when you put that heat in all at once, it actually 
has a, uh, it'll actually boil off some of the really uh, low temperature uh, boiling point congeners that you work so hard to develop. And by doing it, by doing it in multiple steps and putting in less heat with each step over longer periods of time, and you're actually able to uh, preserve some of those uh, right. uh, really nice, delicate congeners, and, and it just enhances uh, the balance and the integrity of your product. I, I call it a polishing step. It's, okay. it's just an extra step that uh, adds to the experience, if you will. You'd think if it does preserve them that more people would be taking it on. Well, they would, but it's a very expensive step. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're at a level that uh, we, we have the ability to do it, and we've chosen to do that. But uh, it takes probably, uh, well, it depends on on what the barrel proof is and, and how far you're cutting it. So, you know, if we're doing a 105 proof product that, this, the process may take five days. If we're going down to 88 proof, it may take seven or 10 days. So the, the length of time it takes to do that slow cut process is variable based on what the bottling proof of your product is going to be. But right. in, in any case, it, it takes extra blending tanks uh, to be able to do that. And it takes you know a lot of extra time to be able to do that. So hmm. those are both... Uh, more expensive steps, if you will. Uh, we've chosen to do that uh, so that the integrity of our product is, is I want to say, better than uh, anybody else on the shelf. And uh, we don't really pass that cost along. So it's, it's just things that we do that, that makes Old Elk so unique to the industry, you know, elevating the landscape. Now, from what I hear, you have a particular passion for smooth bourbons. Oh, yeah. Is that why Old Elk approached you, do you think? I think there's two things. To me, when, when uh, you know, when I refer to a product uh, that's being smooth, to me, that, that, that tells me some smooth is, is, is highly related to high quality. Right. I'm sure you've had harsh whiskeys before. Yeah. And harsh whiskeys are, you know, in my training, are are generally deemed as having some type of quality defect because it's not, it just doesn't have the balance, the integrity and, and the, the right, uh, the right concentration of all the congeners to make the qual to make the product quality smooth. So throughout my career, pardon me, smooth, uh, was always indicative of high quality. Now, Kurt and Nancy Richardson, who were new to the business, uh, were, were after a bourbon that was entirely different than everybody else's on the shelf. Mm. And, and, and they choose the characteristics of smooth and easy to fit the product that they were after. So yeah. that's kind of how that evolved. <clears throat> now, the brand has just released the second annual of your Infinity Blend series. How important is bringing new flavors to the table when it comes to releasing a bourbon? Well, for me, I'm really more interested in just bringing something that's incredibly unique to the table. So when I sit down and, and do these master series blends or infinity blends that we've uh, started doing over the last year, uh, I'm not really trying to fit a particular flavor profile. Right. 
and one of the one of the things that 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 all blenders have to deal with, and it's the very first step, is that you have to decide, you know, what's in your inventory relative to blending components. Uh, so, you know, if if you want to blend something, you pretty much have to have it in your in- inventory to yeah. put it together. So that's the first step. <clears throat> but then, uh, you know, we're always trying to, you know, just create mash bills within mash bills, if you were, as I mentioned earlier. All right. Uh, and, and with the Infinity Blend, uh, the very first one, 2021, uh, that blend was built around legacy and heritage. Uh, it was built around uh, my 44 years in the business at that time. But the heritage part was really built around Old Elk Colorado whiskey uh, and, and also some really nice uh, vintage uh, Kentucky whiskeys that we had in inventory from two different uh, distilleries in Kentucky. Uh, so that was the first blend. Right. And then 2022 Infinity Blend, as you said, just came out. And Infinity Blend uh, implies, you know, a perpetual blend. That's that's the whole concept. And, and so really uh, uh, the 2022, uh, the starting point with that blend was to, to incorporate uh, a portion of the 2021 blend that we held back. Yeah. And as, as it turned out, that wound up being 18% of the 2022 blend. Right. And then, uh, you know, then we wanted it, the 2022, uh, all the old up master series blends, first and foremost, always want to be primarily built around uh, our old elk uh, custom ash bills. So okay. uh, this year we wanted to incorporate uh, seven and a half year old old elk bourbon that we had in inventory, as well as uh, 7.6 year old old elk wheat whiskey that we had in inventory. And that, that became the next two primary components. Right. And as it was, I still had some of that really nice uh, vintage uh, Kentucky whiskey left over that uh, I went ahead and incorporated uh, what we had left of that inventory into this blend. So, Right. Uh, again, it, it winds up being a, uh, I don't know if you know the ratios of the blend, but it wound up being a 15%, uh, seven and a half year old, old elk bourbon, mm. uh, wound up being 18% of 2021 infinity blend. Right. Uh, well, and then 52%, uh, 7.6 year old, old elk wheat whiskey. Okay. And it turned out, uh, in my opinion, remarkably well. It's it's just a uh, another really pleasant blend that you can sit down and enjoy uh, any day of the week or in any way you want to drink it. Actually, which do you prefer, creating blends or creating mash bills? Uh, I think I enjoy both of them equally. Actually, uh, the, the the blend are they are they similar? I mean, do you approach them in a very similar manner or? I would say in some ways, yes. Uh, you know, it, when, when it comes to trying to create something different, something unique that other folks maybe haven't seen before or haven't tried before, the beauty of the blending part is you don't have to wait four to six years to, to try it out. So yeah, the, the, blend, the blending part's been uh, incredibly fun and gratifying from that standpoint that because we have our inventory ages are in the really at this point they're in the six to probably 10 year old categories now 
yeah. uh, gives, gives us a tremendous latitude to really uh, tinker and build some really cool stuff with it. Now, if people are approaching the Infinity 2022 for the first time, what do you want them to take away from the expression? I think uh, uh, tremendous uh, pleasure and tremendous uh, enjoyment. Again, it's it's uh, a really super high quality blend. It's it's uh, it incorporates some really terrific uh, different types of mash bills, and I think uh, I I think anybody that uh, sits down and tries it will be thrilled with the experience that they get uh, when they get the sip on it. Or, you know, if they choose to put it in a cocktail, that's fine too. I've, I've always told people uh, that they should enjoy their whiskey uh, however they like it. Uh, I'm not a proponent of some of these reviewers that try to tell you, you know, what you should smell, what you should taste, and, and how you should drink it. I, I think it's very much like food. You, you drink it or you eat it the way you like it, and uh, I'm good with all that. I imagine the smoothness of the Infinity, though, does lend itself quite well to cocktails. Oh, I'd say absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, we've got a uh, uh, Melinda Maddox, who's our, our head production person uh, out in Fort Collins, that, that actually puts all these blends together. I mean, I, cra- I craft them and, and send the formulas out, but she's, she's doing all the actual legwork on them. Uh, is also a, a, an incredibly accomplished mixologist. So uh, when it comes to creating cocktails with our, with our products, uh, she is always at the forefront of doing all that. If you get on our websites or if people know if, if folks are interested, there's, there's always uh, cocktail recipes on, you know, what you can put together with our products that uh, really marry up quite well. And, you know, she's, she's the pioneer of all that. So. If somebody's going to put infinity into a cocktail, what sort of flavors and aromas would they be getting from the spirit itself? Oh, well, I, that's, uh, <clears throat> again, uh, palates are like fingerprints. Uh, everybody has them and everybody's are different, but uh, I, I'll give you my perspective on it. I mean, I get, uh, certainly get all the classic vanilla and oak uh, characteristics. I think the, uh, I think the wheat brings uh, some floral notes, uh, I think it brings uh, maybe some fruity notes. Right. I think the high malted bourbon brings some notes of uh, maple and maybe a little bit of almond. So I think there's a lot going on with the infin- with the Infinity Blend. And then, of course, you know, you got the uh, 12-year-old and 13-year-old Kentucky bourbons in there that uh, bring their own really nice uh, profiles to the table. So again, there's a lot going on in there for sure. So I imagine a good whiskey sour or even a maple leaf, which is made with uh, maple syrup, would work really well with this particular expression. Yeah, I I would uh, certainly recommend giving it a go. Now, I believe that Old Elk is available in all 50 states? It is. Uh, uh, We've only been in market uh, actually five years this past November. So we started out in 2017. We were uh, launched in November and we were in uh, Colorado and California. 
And then by 2019, we were distributed in all 50 states. We have a national alliance with uh, Southern Glaciers. Uh, I think they represent uh, 44 of the 50 states. And then the the remaining six are, uh, you know, independents or whatever that uh, cover the states that uh, Southern uh, doesn't have a footprint in. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in all 50 states. Now, our our you know our next big task is to build you know points of distribution in all those states, which is what we've been working hard on, uh, really for the past two two and a half years since we established a footprint. Now we mm. have to grow that footprint. Will you be looking to export outside of the U.S. at any point, or? <clears throat> no, I think certainly. Uh, you know, I don't know what the timeline for that is. Uh, I think right now we'd like to see our footprints get bigger in each state within uh, our own 50. And, uh, you know, I think on-premise footprint, I think, uh, is always work in progress, too. So, but, yeah, I certainly wouldn't rule anything out like that. Uh, Yeah, we would certainly like to get international, but uh, I think we've got more work to do here in the States before we get to that point. What should people expect for the future from Old Elk? I would say uh, more more fun stuff. Uh, Can you give us any uh, hints? We, 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 uh, well, I will say that uh, hitting the shelf soon, if it's not already on the shelf in some spots, uh, we have a uh, cast finished, a rum cast finished rye whiskey that's, uh, oh, okay. that should be coming out any day if it's not already out in some spot. So if you really want something fun and delicious, uh, absolutely try to get your hands on that. Again, those are uh, um, limited release uh, products that we put out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're always, uh, we're always looking to do something new in those arenas. Of course, you know, next year there'll be another infinity blend. Uh, likely to be, uh, actually, I know there's going to be a, another master series blend because I just finished it this weekend. Uh, so look, I look forward to that probably, uh, early 2023. It'll be, uh, the third master series blend. Wow. Uh, I, I I have it blended up. I actually had intended on on doing my evaluations on it yesterday. I woke up with a head cold, so I... Okay. I have to de- I have to delay yeah. the best part uh, for a couple of days to actually get in there and see which one I like the best. Oh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it, no, no doubt. What has the consumer reaction to old elk been? <clears throat> well, I, I think uh, I think it's been fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, I've. Uh, I guess I've had the good fortune of uh, of uh, stepping into Old Elk brands from the ground floor, and, mm. and we've been we again we launched our brand uh, five years ago. From we've come a long ways quickly, and and you know m- my experience through uh, all the shows and the events that we do is, is two years ago everybody came to our booth and said, well, you know, who are you and you know, what's your story? And, and then three years later, people are coming to our booth looking forward to what we're going to, what we're going to have next. So, uh, 
and, and the really cool part of that is that our audience, and I think across the board, mm. the bourbon audience is, is incredibly uh, well-educated uh, on brands and whiskeys and, yeah. and, and whatnot. And it, it's, it's really gratifying when you get folks with that passion and that knowledge uh, step up and start backing your brand. Uh, that that's probably the best endorsement you can get. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting that every day and more and more of it every day. So the brand is real. We, we, we are coming of age. Absolutely. Knowing that there are so many people with such a strong knowledge and a strong passion for bourbon out there, does that put an enormous amount of pressure on you guys as to what you produce? I don't think anybody in our company feels pressure. I, I think the people that feel pressure are our competitors, quite frankly. Nice. Uh, yeah. And out of all the expressions that you've created with Old Elk, so far, which would you say would be your favorite? All of them. <laughs> if you had to narrow it down to one. Uh, boy, that's a, that's Which what, of your children that's, do you love more? Picking your favorite child. Well, when you put it that way, yes. I'm going to have to say it's my first child. Then uh, it's, it's going to be the old elk bourbon. That was that was the first mash right. bill uh, in my career that I got to build from the ground up. And uh, so, yeah, mm. I'll, put, I'll, I'll, I'll put that as my favorite. Now, if people would like more information on the brand, they can, of course, go to the website, which is oldelk.com, or connect with the brand on its socials. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're uh, represented well in, in all those categories. So uh, I, I think our website is uh, first class. There's all the information that you would probably need can be found on that website. Uh, one of the things about Old Elk is we're incredibly transparent, you know, and if, uh, if you can't find something on the website, you can certainly reach out uh, through the website uh, to get what answers may not be uh, given on the website. For that matter, I mean, they could, they could reach out to me. So we're always happy to engage with the consumer and our customers and the give them whatever they need when we can. All right, Greg. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And we'd also like to thank you for listening. Be sure to visit cocktailstill.com to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.